When I was sort of 22, I was in Missouri with a pack of friends. We were driving across a bridge. We heard that people jump off this bridge about 75 feet in the air. And I thought, what, what if you land wrong? They're like, it'd probably go really bad for you. What if you land right? Even if you land right, does it rip your rear end in half to, to, to hit water at that speed? So that's the kind of thing where I was like, well, if, if people do it and you think that we won't be destroyed trying it, we, we've got to try it. And you know, you jump off the bridge a couple of times. That's kind of, that's kind of in the heart of a young man. And, did, uh, did it hurt? I think it hurt. Okay. I think it hurt. And this is Abraham's wallet. Join us weekly and create a culture in your family of multi-generational prosperity, spiritually, relationally, physically, intellectually, and financially. Run your home, your dough, like a biblical boss. Mark, it's our first time to see each other uh, on camera in the new year. So, well, how's it going for you? I feel like we can't start this episode out on this bed of lies. We were on camera together yesterday for a long time. Do you mean in a recorded fashion? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I'm not going to tell you that the new year has been just a smooth and chill ride. There's been some some challenges to face here in the Parrot family. I'm you know this, but for the benefit of our listeners, um, we're currently going through an audit, which is a very routine part of owning a financial planning business. But it also means that uh, people are coming to my office requesting hundreds and hundreds of documents, and it's just a it's a lot of work. So that's going on. Um, and I, right before we record next week. I'm getting a camera put down my throat so they can poke around and figure out why I uh, don't always swallow my food the right way. <laughs> so I don't wow. know. It's been, uh, there's been a few challenges, but you know what? I'm happy and God has been kind to us. And so overall, I'm not complaining. Uh, it's just been a, a very busy first weeks of 2024. Mm, okay. How about you? What's going on? Um, I don't, I'm not trying to strut in the end zone, but from everything around me, it feels like 24 is doing great so far. Uh, we, we started the year on a wonderful family trip. Um, Nick Saban has retired. Can you, can you imagine what a great piece of news that is for every and other? Jimbo is also gone. <laughs> Jimbo is gone. The Aggies have a new lease on life with Mike Elko being our head coach. He's creating a staff. Here's something interesting to consider if you're if you're creating a Division I uh, high-ranking football team. He's going to have a special teams coach. Don't, don't you think that makes sense? Anyhow, we haven't had one of those under Jimbo, nor did we have a strength and conditioning coach. So I'm glad to have one of those, and I feel already I've said too much. So let's move on. I, you know, I... Uh, Spend time with our friend Joe, who uh, who builds pickleball courts. And if you want to uh, use Joe, I would promote him here, but he does not need the promotion of Abraham's wallet. Uh, he is already uh, drowning in business for the coming year, and the pouring and painting season has not begun. It's freezing weather, and uh, already he's sort of considering, you know, expanding his business and what is it, what else he do and how do I start coaching other would be 
pickleball court builders around the country. And one of my aspirations for Abraham's wallet in 2024, yeah. and I think we're going to do a quick review of last year, but one of my aspirations is that we would be slash develop a hub where people can come and find like-minded businesses whenever they have a business need. And so I would imagine a guy like Joe would be on there. It's part of why I like doing my job is because God just made me somebody who's naturally so fired up about what other families are doing that's cool and exciting and generating money for their family and all that. So I don't know. When you talk about Joe's business, it just gets me fired up and I go, well, there's 10 other businesses that immediately pop into my mind. Well, I want to tell you about how great their year is starting out and things like that. So I know maybe Uh, a little teaser of what's to come. I was thinking of before, right before we started uh, recording, we were talking about our friends, Chris Ignizio and Jonathan Seeds. They have a video company here in Cincinnati. I'd love to promote those guys. Um, There is an embryonic version of what you're describing at AWHQ. There is a, there, there is a little, a little place where you can see where the people are. And uh, we've talked before about the, the beauty of the Jewish idea of uh, building one another's business and making them your primary reference. I had a guy grab me in a coffee shop this week. That's uh, a reliable listener to the podcast. And he said, that our that episode that we recorded like changed his way of thinking about doing business cuz he he does a bunch of real estate stuff and he said I have been grabbing all of the the contractors that I work with and I've got a plumber and electrician and I, and I I've told them I no longer want any discounts from you I don't want to be your worst customer I want to be your best customer so I want you to charge me full price and what you can do for me is work for me more as a as a result, and I'm I'm going to pay you well because I want you to to be so excited to work with me. And he he kind of told me that that was really transformative for him. That's this neat idea from Leviticus about building each other's business up and working in community. That's great. Here, here, let's hear it for Leviticus twenty five. Anyhow, the other thing I was going to throw in. When you ask uh, about the new part of the year, la- last little tidbit here, maybe it'll lead to a future episode is, boy, did I have a wonderful uh, season of feasting for about six weeks at the end of the year. And boy, do I feel fat. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to be, uh, you know, that's that's high on the radar. You know, today has been a high protein smoothie and a handful of nuts is all I have eaten today. And it's been very low carb around the house. So yeah, that's, I'll tell you what, if you want to lose weight quickly, um, if you develop a swallowing issue, (laughs) I actually tweaked my back at the gym last week (sighs) because my weight belt had gotten one notch too loose uh, over the last few weeks. So I didn't have the, the normal tightness that I have when I was doing some, some squats and I, wow zinged myself so i realized okay um i'm not eating as much as i would like to i'm reminded of when they used to do fishing with the, like the chinese uh, geese and they put the ring at the bottom of their throat and then the 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 bird would eat a fish and then they would just kind of lasso the bird in and just take the fish out of its mouth cuz it couldn't swallow the fish that's kind of what's happening with you 
Yeah, we got to figure this out. Yeah. Um, okay, before we get into today's topic, I just I thought it was it's always, I always think it's interesting at the end of the year to look at our top rated episodes. We are always trying people might not know this, but we're always trying to figure out what do people like? What do they want to hear from us that's in our wheelhouse? And if people are more interested in technical stuff, we'd rather major on that and and give them the good stuff that they want. And, you know, sometimes I like to talk a little bit ethereal and bible ideas. And if people want that, we can pivot that way. So anyways, it's always good to kind of look at what what's happening. So I know you have not seen these. So I'm going to just tell you what our top episodes of last year were. And I, I'm wondering even what the listener will think. When I say this, people might be listening going like, yes, that, or they might be going like, what? I, I didn't care about that. But okay. the, I was stunned to look at, you know, all the stuff we put, all this effort, we'll do research. We, I was looking at, we did like Q3 financial headline reviews, try to give people a deep dive on cars. We're trying to think, we're coming up with good biblical content. The number one episode from last year. My wife comes on and talks about weddings. Number one. Yeah, there's there's a there's a dirty secret that we like to ignore, which is that we've got some ladies that listen to the podcast, and so I'm not surprised that Dora Manuel was a big hit. Yeah, it was like a little peek around the corner, like that's barely in our wheelhouse. I mean, we are talking about family finances. You do spend family finance on weddings, but it's kind of like right on the edge of what's us. And then like the world kind of goes, we love that. Oh, okay. Well, that's not really what we do. Okay. Number two, I was encouraged to see this. We're going way back. We're spending time in the spring here, way back in the spring. I guess uh, the the fall was a a dormant time of steady growth, but not uh, explosive. There were explosive episodes in the spring. And one was Lodo Tactics. Does that surprise you? Low-do tactics? You know, I just was thinking we we need more low-do equipment coming up because it, it's yes. going to be low-do feb before we know it. So, um, yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. I mean, I feel like we probably rehashed a lot of the same things we say every year in that episode, but hopefully it served people. Sure, and probably a new batch of listeners uh, as well. Um, I was also really encouraged. I was encouraged that people were interested in the Lodo stuff. That's a, that's a good sign for our audience. Number two, I was encouraged that people were very interested in the divorce series that we did in the fall. Um, talking about the problems around divorce, some of the money issues, and how to divorce-proof your marriage. I was very encouraged. Yeah, that, that one... Because the follow-up question I had for you that I warned you about is that I wanted to ask you about those are the ones that got the most run, but which ones were your personal favorites? And that that first episode of the Divorce Series where we go through the biblical arguments and the different sort of even kind of explore the different positions for where yeah. would where would a Bible-anchored Christian how would they think about divorce is it ever okay all that i loved that episode even though obviously nobody loves that topic it it just felt like new things that i i learned from you in that episode and then i found myself within a week immediately 
needing all of that uh, for real pastoral conversations yeah. with people. So yep. um, I loved that one. I'll give you a couple others that were my favorites, and then I want to know what yours were. Okay. I thought if you had told me before we recorded all these, what's going to be the smash hit of the year, I would have said, it's going to be what do families really spend in a month where we took every budget that we've ever reviewed, anonymized and normalized all the data, and then gave you hard numbers. This is how much people spend on groceries. And this is how it changes if they have four kids versus one kid. Right. And so I, I actually thought that was cool. And it, it certainly did well. It's just it didn't crack our top three, I guess. Yeah, um, right. I liked, you know, I guess my wife not as as popular as yours on the episode but she did come on and do the the episode on talking to kids about sex yes um which i just i think she's really good at that particular topic i thought that episode was fantastic um so i liked that one and then this is not an episode but uh there were two series that we did that i just thought man this is gold one was the critical skills of money, where we just tried to say, these are the the things you need to develop if you're going to be good at handling money. Um, Those performed very well. They were some of our top episodes. And the other series that I really liked was the obedience series, where we mm. we talked about the idea of obedience. We, we even used the, the Duggar family TV series, Shiny Happy People, to kind of, that was big in the news at the time, and we dug into... No pun intended. We dug into the Duggars. Hey. Um, but I, I thought that was really good stuff. And um, I liked making those. So that's my answers. I hope I didn't steal them all because I said like 20 favorites. But what do you like making last year? Um, for, forgive me, audience, but I really like what we do. <laughs> I'm very interested in what we do. And I like all, I like the things that we do that where we give people, here's this tool. You need this screwdriver. You might not need it today, but if you got to replace that light that's up underneath your uh, microwave that's over the range, you're going to need this screwdriver. Here, have this screwdriver. Here's this little widget. You're going to need this gear at some point. Here it is. So I like all these little tools. So as I look at our list from the past year, I loved when you handled gambling. I feel like Okay, well, I don't hear anybody talking about gambling. That's not happening in our churches mostly. You know, um, you know what's happening tonight at Shabbat, Steve? You're having a poker game. We are having a family lesson because some of our friends in our community have decided they want to have a a husband wife poker tournament tomorrow night. Uh, and pretty much none of the wives play poker. So it's like, can I, can I give a little training? So yeah. Oh, that is fascinating. We're not talking, we're not talking high stakes gambling or anything here, but uh, yeah, we're going to do it as a social event. So I wish you would record that. That, that is so interesting. I love that. Um, I, I, so the little, again, the little, tools that we give off. We, we did an episode on uh, how to bless a, a piece of property, like how to anoint it and hand it over to the Lord. I love that. The um, YouTubers on the, you made a little YouTube short of you casting spirits out of a property. Yeah. And man, people thought you were a psychopath on that one. All the comments were like, what is this nut job talking about? So yeah. that, was, that was kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, we did, we did funerals. 
We did minivans. I just like these little, I feel like we want to kind of hit all of these topics and weddings fits in there. So like we kind of populate out people's financial universe so that they know how to think about these things in a comprehensive uh, way that sort of all agree with the scriptures and all go together. So I, I always love those little, hey, you might never thought about this, but let's let's attack this one little topic like gambling. Yeah. So I love that. The The only thing that we really fell on our faces on, I would say, this past year is we got out over our skis a little bit and somewhere mid-year last year, I think I might have even promised to the people that there would be Abraham's Wallet merch uh, last year available. Yes. And I know that at AWHQ, inside of our little community for the people who support the podcast, I shared images of some of that merch. <laughs> yes. And I still absolutely adore the stuff that was was produced. So um, I still think that's coming. It's just, I, I feel like if we're going to celebrate the past year, we should also just say, we know there's some things that need to be done. And um, I'm not going to tell you what exactly we're working on right now, but um, as as support has grown for the podcast, we have some some stuff that'll actually move the needle on making this thing yeah. better, more frequent, larger audience, all of that. And so... Um, I don't want I don't want to do what I did last year and promise things that are in flight, but I'm I'm excited about 2024. Yeah, my I I will jump in on your mea culpa and also say that we 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 teased and started to promote uh, a series, another sort of video podcast series called What the Church, and that's still very much in my heart. I'm all about it, and but we have. I, I mentioned this before, and it and the the merch store has to do with this as well. We we are submitting ourselves to coaching, and they're kind of walking us through the steps that we need to build, and the and the step currently that we're that we're working on is how to make this thing as efficient and high quality as possible. And if you if you would immediately raise your hand and go, I can tell you something you did that wasn't high quality. Save your breath. We we already agree with you. We're just trying to grow up in what we're doing here, and then we're going to build out around that. So, and I'm with you in saying I don't want to make any more promises, except to say we're working on it. We're working on it. Let's talk about our ambitions. Okay, I'm a little um, I'm a little worried going into this because I'm looking at my notes that I'm very excited about, and I see that we are like 18 minutes in. So. Um, Here's what I want to say that uh, as I, I spend time with young men and I'm at a time in my life where I can sort of see where my life has been leading. I'm, I'm not at the destination yet, but I've got enough uh, track behind me that I get a sense of where we're going. So I'm at a unique place in my life. And as I spend time with young men, my experience tells me where they're going with the kind of decisions that they make. And there's a, there's a young man who's single that I, I spend time with regularly, and he's talking about the kind of directions that he wants to make with his life. And I honestly, Titus and Timothy come to mind as I talk with him, and I'm thinking, wow, these, there are major precedent-setting decisions that he's making in his life right now. They're going to affect everything. So 
I, I kind of want to repackage maybe, I don't know, a fifth of what I'm going to say is stuff that we've already said before elsewhere. But I just want to talk about the ambitions of a man um, and where they lead and what our ambitions should be long term. So I'll start in and uh, and you can jump in wherever you want. You raise your hand and I'll uh, defer to you. So my, my sort of opening thoughts that I scribbled down was I, I do not because I'm going to be giving some like corrective uh, instruction here. And I do not want to squash the God-given urge in men to go out there and test themselves and conquer something, to mix it up and get a bloody nose and have an adventure and spin themselves on behalf of something that matters, nor for them to even receive the due rewards of their courage and sacrifice. I don't want to stomp any of that. I love that for them. And I love seeing young men taking chances and measuring themselves. Uh, you and I have done that in our lives. We had a season of like going out there and trying some stuff out. I have a little buddy named Sam who is a school teacher and he has, he has picked up stakes and he's headed out to Arizona to kind of have an adventure and see what's out there and kind of spend some, some, uh, a couple of years in discipleship training and try to start a little business and he's just going to see what's out there. I think that's great. Um, then that that kind of season of your life of going and trying stuff out, that's partly the box that gets checked in your college years. It's one of the reasons that I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, encourage for my daughters that if they want a university experience, I want it to be far afield. I, I want them to have some kind of experience out there. I'm not trying to keep their world small. Um, I want to be near them in old age. So uh, that's going to happen. But, uh, but I, I'm not trying to keep them as close to home and keep their experience as limited as possible. I, I think the, there's early years that are great. So what I, what I want to warn against is the ambitions that don't lead where you're told they will. And they end up uh, in frustration. They end up with you holding a bag of sand, thinking that you were holding gold the whole time. So it's, it's the proverbial ladder that's leaning against the wrong house. And you can put a lot of good energy and attention in going up that ladder and go, wait, where did this lead? So I, there are some, we've talked about this. There are some ways that you and I have suffered from that because our ambitions weren't the way that we wish they had been. And, but I say suffer, yes, but, but suffer for the good stuff. So uh, a couple of little, uh, in introduction, I want to say that ambition is dicey territory and your ambitions really matter. I'll throw out two little verses for you. James 3.16 says, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder, that is unrest and rebellion. And there's every evil thing and morally degrading practice. What a warning. So we're being told that a selfish ambition is, is a doorway. And if you walk through the doorway of selfish ambition, that is wrong ambition, inside that room, there's every morally degrading practice and every evil thing, everything is through that door. That tells me, oh, holy crap, I want to be so circumspect about the ambitions that I harbor. Secondly, 1 Thessalonians 4, starting in verse 9. You have been, and, and this the, you'll actually see where this is going. It's not just a warning. You have been personally taught by God to love one another. 
That is to have an unselfish concern for others and to do things for their benefit. For indeed, you already do practice it a little uh, toward all the believers throughout Macedonia by actively displaying your love and concern for them. But we urge you, brothers and sisters, that you excel in this matter more and more and to, here it comes, make it your ambition to live quietly and peacefully, to mind your own affairs and work with your hands just as we directed you so that you will behave properly toward outsiders, exhibiting good character, personal integrity, and moral courage worthy of the respect of the outside world, and be dependent on no one and in need of nothing, that is to be self-supporting. I find that a very interesting little passage, but the thing I really want to land on is to have an ambition that you mind your own affairs, and to mind them in such a way that they result in respect of the outside world, and that you be rather self-sustaining. So a couple more things. I know that you're ready to say something. I'll just throw out some things that are not our ambition just to get started. Let's, let's just cast these to the ground real quick. A four-hour work week, not our ambition. We're going to be people who work. We work for a living. We work with our hands. We want to be diligent. So we're not trying to get away with as little as possible. That's not in our, not in our world. I would even say, and I, I'm, I don't think we've ever phrased it quite this way, so I'd be interested in what you say about this, Mark. I would say that getting rich is not one of our ambitions. Now, we do say that if you live faithfully the way that God says, we believe that those things end up in wealth. But we also have this warning in Timothy that if your aim is to get rich, you will cut corners, you'll shade people, you'll make underhanded dealings because you have this goal, I want to get rich, as opposed to, no, I want to live faithfully. And God's promise is that if I do that, wealth is one of the results. Our goal isn't maximizing your impact. John the Baptist did not do this. Our goal isn't maximizing your potential. Jesus did not do this. Our ambition is not maximizing your output. Jesus did not do this. He spent much time alone with God in the middle of nowhere. What are you doing? I am following the master. I have an ambition, which we'll get to in a second. And the last thing I'll just say is we're not interested in ending up as a thought leader. And any metric based on how the public approves of you is a miss, which we'll see. It's not what we're into. So there's my little setup. We want to think rightly about ambition. What do you think? I pulled two two passages that you might al- already have written down, but one is Philippians 2. Yeah. Uh, do nothing. My, my translation says from selfishness or empty conceit. Um, I've no, many of the translations say do nothing from vain ambition. Uh, so selfish ambition or vain conceit, uh, I think. But uh, with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also the interests of others. Um, and that I just thought, wow, how much of our ambitions, how much of my ambitions could be kind of selfish or related to self, probably many of them. Um, and my, my pro ambition passage was first Timothy three to hold off on that one. Two. 
Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let you read it when it's due time, but that's where we're that's where we're going to end up. Great. Otherwise, <laughs> I think you know you and I like to to use Twitter, and there's there's a kind of a culture there. I was in the tech startup world. There's this culture is certainly there, which is like the hustle, the hustle culture, yeah. and. Get, are you grinding today, man? Like, did you take your your cold plunge and, yeah. um, you know, make fifteen cold calls before you ate breakfast? Because, yeah, if not, what are you doing? Uh, even within kind of people who I would affirm, there's there's a dude that I like that every morning he's like, "Did you get your Bible and barbell in before you started your day, bro?" And I'm like. Well, I think what he's saying is is actually not a bad rhythm yeah. of life, um, but there, there's it's it's easy for kind of this idea t- of noble ambition to become kind of a meme, and we don't want that. So, um, what 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 do we do about this? Because yeah. I think you're right. Not only did God design a young man to have ambitions and to even yeah, our friend Mark Douglas always says a truck drives straighter when it's under load. Um, like we're meant to have weight on our shoulders uh, yeah. of all sorts. Um, I also think God just gave us joy in sometimes just plain, I want to know if I can do it ambitions. Yes. Do you think I could climb up that rock or lift that thing over my head? Of course. I don't know. Maybe I'll try for s- six months and then be able to do it at the end. <laughs> Yes. I always think of when I was sort of 22, I was in Missouri with a pack of friends. We were driving across a bridge. We heard that people jump off this bridge. It was about 75 feet in the air. And I thought, that seems scary to me. What if you, what, what if you land wrong? They're like, it probably go really bad for you. What if you land right? Even if you land right, does it rip your rear end in half to, to, to hit water at that speed? I don't know. So that's the kind of thing where I was like, well, if if people do it and you think that we won't be destroyed trying it, we, we've got to try it. And, you know, you jump off the bridge a couple of times. That's kind of that's kind of in the heart of a young man. And did, uh, did it hurt? I think it hurt. Okay. I think it hurt. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Learning lessons is also uh, in the in the normal path of a young man's existence. Yeah, yeah. So starting with, and so what I want to kind of draw a little map of is what are the what are the what's the road that you that you should walk down? What and, I, and I'm kind of speaking to my 21 year old friend here. What what's the road that he should walk down? So. In the vein of keeping your head down, that's my that's the Stevie translation of First uh, Thessalonians four is you know minding your own business and minding your own affairs. I just say keeping your head down and minding your own affairs. Start with you. Start with who you are and seek to be a man after God's heart. So I'll just name three things under that heading. Pursue Him in private and in public. Pursue God. Uh, when they say, hey, if anybody wants to come up and get some prayer at this thing that you're at, you should think to yourself, they're offering prayer. I want God. Somebody want to pray for me? Let's go. Just be somebody who pursues him in private and in public. And I, and I say that to, to go like, I'm going to read my uh, Bible in private 
I also want to read my Bible around other people. I, I want, I want, th- there's something about pursuing God in public that he likes. God, just move on for there. Number two, I think this is a big one. This is a really big one for a, for a young man is to make a name for yourself. Yes, make a name for yourself, but not before men. Make a name for yourself in heaven. So that is uh, distinguish yourself. You know, be the kind of man that that would get God's attention, if I may. That if He's looking at the city, your city, and He's kind of going, "Who here? Uh, who here wants it? Who here wants me?" Because I'm the kind of God who tells secrets to people who want me. So, well, what is, what what we got here? And are you one of these guys who I don't know? I went to the Christmas service. I didn't feel a miracle show up on me. Okay, great. Or are you a man who? You, you show the Lord, like you say, hey, uh, it's on my calendar. I'm about to go spend two hours on a hike, and I will be talking to God through every one of my goals for the year on that hike. And I want him to know that, I want, that I'm coming after him this year. I mean, that's, imp- that's impressive. That would distinguish a young man. So we, we have, this is, this is 2 Corinthians 5.9. We have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. That's our ambition, to please him. And and the the Greek word for ambition means to esteem as an honor. So like when I say it's my ambition, I think it would be an honor for me to get this thing or to do this thing. So being ambitious, I hope we've said this already, is in itself not wrong. It's what, we, it's what we esteem. It's what we pursue that can be a problem. So the Bible teaches that we should be ambitious, but the objective is to be approved of by Christ, not be approved of by people. And Christ taught us that to be first in the kingdom is to become a servant. But the, my, the, my point there is that he talked about greatness in the kingdom. He actually wants you to have the ambition and to pursue greatness in his kingdom, not Oh, I'm so humble. I don't even really count. I don't think it matters. God would love me the most if I took the back seat everywhere I was and just sort of blended in to the wallpaper. No, I don't think that's true. I think he wants you to be a go-getter for the kingdom. And he wants you to have share his ambition for you, which is greatness in his kingdom. So very simple. I know I've I've used this example before, but it's just a simple thing that God has dealt with me on over the years is that if if I see something in a room or, or walking down the sidewalk and there's trash, I think to myself, you know, if, if there were slaves present, we would have slaves clean this junk up. And I think to myself, wait, there is a slave present. It's me. I'm a slave to the king who isn't running everything. I should pick this up. Why? Because I have an ambition to be great in the kingdom. Not because I'm nothing, but because I'm valuable in the kingdom. So I want to be a servant. I hope that makes sense about just having an ambition for greatness in the kingdom. Um, Christ, uh, uh, sorry, Paul once posed this insightful question. And I, am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Am I trying to please men? And he says, if I'm trying to please men, I, I am not a servant of Christ. And he said later in 1 Thessalonians 2, on the contrary, we speak as men approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please men. 
but God who tests every man's heart. So Paul is affirming a truth proclaimed by Jesus himself. How can you believe, this is Jesus talking, how can you believe if you accept praise from one another, other people, yet make no effort to obtain the praise that comes only from God? So that's a huge thing. It's like, let's have this ambition, but let's have ambition that counts. And it's, and it's to uh, achieve the smile of God and his pleasure over your life, as opposed to any other man's pleasure and approval. So my, my last thing on this topic is pursue the kinds of things that win you esteem in heaven. Like, look for those things when you're reading the Bible. And when there's a verse that comes along that says, um, whoever gives to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will be rewarded for what he's done. There should be ding, 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 huge red flags go up in your brain like, whoa, that's an ambition kind of a verse. If I give to the poor, it, it makes me notable in God's sight. I want to, I, that's what I want. I want to please him. He will be rewarded for what he's done. That's what I want. Uh, you read, whoever wants to be great in the kingdom will be a slave of everybody. You should put your Bible down and pray to God. Show me how to be someone's slave today so that I might be great in your kingdom. Here's some other things that God really values. Faithfulness, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's spending time with your kids, even if you don't particularly like them today, who cares? Be faithful. Be faithful to pray and read the Bible at your meals. Whatever, you know, be faithful to show up at time on work, et cetera, et cetera. Be faithful. The Lord loves faithfulness. Prayerfulness, a secret life of generosity encouraging other brothers in the Lord, having fellowship with people that's pure. All of these, just kind of this secret life. Again, thinking of keeping your head down and minding your own business, a, a, a secret life unto the Lord. This is, to me, the starting point of the kind of ambitions that a young man should have, okay? To me, that's sort of baseline. I know that I might be reminding you of the series that we did on building this life, Right? But the next step, if the next step is, I, and then and again, I'm speaking to my 21 year old friend here. I want you to have ambitions to lead a family. That should absolutely be an ambition of yours as soon as possible. So I, I heard somebody this week say, "Get married as soon as is reasonably possible for you." That doesn't mean find some chick on the street. It means that when you turn 18, you're going, Lord. Show me your spouse as soon as possible. And that might be 10 years from that moment, but start looking. The Bible says whoever finds a wife finds a good thing. So as soon as you're capable of, of, uh, of having a wife, start asking, start looking. So um, in a podcast conversation yes, last year with Jeremy Pryor, we talked about how God's entire plan for salvation and his entire strategy for dealing with Jezebel in the end times is through families, godly families. That's what each of us should want to build. And, and by the way, you get no points for building a public ministry at the expense of a family life. I think that's an old lie among evangelicalism, uh, which is, you know, it might cost me my family to lead this church or go on this mission trip or whatever, but it's worth it. No, not only is it not worth it jettisoning your family biblically, but it disqualifies you from other outside men, men, kingdom responsibility. I have firsthand knowledge of big-time pastors, 
a big time pastor profiled in Christianity Today magazine and oh, this is exactly what I want to be actually bragging to his staff during a building campaign that he had told his junior high and high school age children for the next 18 months, you don't have a father. He said, he said that as a brag to his staff to let them know this is how important this building campaign is. I've told my children they don't have a father for the next 18 to 24 months. Sheesh. That was proof to him that he was willing to pay the price for the kind of successful ministry that God desired for him. And I'm here to tell you this is mistaken ambition. You know, next Tuesday, so we're recording this on a Friday. Uh, on Tuesday, I'm actually recording one of our annual tradition episodes with our buddy Jeff Davenport. Nice. We're going to go through our favorite books that we read in the past year. Um and this one isn't going to make the list, but I actually read a book that was a compilation of Jim Elliott, the uh, famous missionary, yes. his, his diaries. And I want to be very careful here because Jim Elliott, great guy. Great guy. Hero in many ways. Based on his diaries, my wife and I both read this book and our response was, was this guy maybe the worst husband ever? Uh, yes. repeatedly talks terribly about his wife, both before and after married to her. Um, and I just thought, hmm, this is uh, this is ministry put way, way, way in front of of a husband's primary duty. Now, maybe, maybe the error was that Jim was actually intended to be one of those single people that devotes everything to the kingdom. Um, I don't think he he uh, was unfaithful or anything like that. Uh, so not disqualified from ministry from that angle, just uh, it, it kind of made us both go, huh, this book that's supposed to be about how, look at this guy, he didn't even care about yeah. his wife. He was so single-mindedly focused on ministry. He uh, ended up in our minds kind of going, we, we went, man, this is kind of actually sad. Yes. So just wanted to chip it, that in. He is a perfect example of the kind of guy I'm talking about. He is zealous for the Lord. He's willing to do any sacrifice. He wants his life to count. He wants to serve. And he didn't, he just didn't understand God's plan. And he didn't understand what his ambitions should be. He is the perfect example of a guy that I wish I could have, I wish I could have grabbed in, in his formative years. And he had a and, great heart, <laughs> and he didn't understand some of these things. And I think that was common, very common a generation ago. I just don't think that's God's plan. Um, as I read the scriptures for what He wants for us. Okay, so on that on that note, have children, as many as you can stomach. As many as you and your wife can stomach without going insane, have kids. We've talked about you should buy kids. And, and I, we say that tongue in cheek, meaning adopt kids, foster kids, have children. Uh, they are the number one asset that any man can have. The Bible says so in Psalm 127, children are a treasure from the Lord. So you've got a wife, you've got children, lead this family in the ways of God. Teach them the scriptures, shore up their defenses against an accusing and pagan society, husband them with care, 
make sure that they rest and get good food and monitor their hearts and minds and encourage their spirits and shepherd your little flock. Does it have to be a large family? No, it doesn't have to be a large family. But take your little flock and shepherd them as unto the Lord, as if your the gift of worship you can give God is how well you shepherd these people to know him because their experience with you runs on a parallel track as their experience with him. And you want them to believe that he's good, that he's faithful, that he's wise, that he's a protector. So you embody those things to this small group of people. That should be every young man's ambition. And it's been a massive outing of the church that has not been preached as the ambition of every young man for the last hundred years. Can I get an amen? Yeah, amen. And I think that as we say some of these, it's really important because there's people listening to this podcast and they're listening to a guy that's in his early 50s and a guy that's in his early 40s who uh, don't, you know, you have two kids. I have three kids. Um, you got married in your 30s. I got married in my 20s. But there's definitely people listening to us who go, well, you guys aren't, you didn't necessarily take your own advice. And what I would say about some of this is it's stuff that we've learned. I tell people that are younger than Amelia and I all the time, like, man, we sat on our hands and didn't start having kids for five years after we got married. Yes. And it was a mistake. And I've heard you say, man, I went out and tromped around and tried to become a rock star for a lot of years that I could have been starting my family and and hundred percent i don't want anybody to hear this and hear us going well just listen to us because we know everything some of these things we've learned because we didn't we didn't walk the path the way we would counsel a younger guy to do it and i was talking to my kids in the car the other day about grandparenting and and there had been some stuff that came up with grandparents that was tough and i said you know what our goal is to do a little better than our our parents are doing. And sure. you've got a tall order because you're going to have to do better than either of us. So um, that's kind of my, my hope that, that that comes out as we talk about this stuff is that we're not... We're not telling you we've we've done it all perfectly and you can no. look at either of our families and go, well, wait, the numbers, they don't... Uh, you know, uh, yeah. so um, just wanted to kick that in. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we're not saying be like me. We're saying be like the scriptures describe. So that I'm, 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 as you can see, I'm painting with a very broad brush. I'm saying step one is to kind of take care of your heart, be a be a man who who is pursuing God. Number two, raise a family that honors the Lord. And number three, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, is that you qualify for the really good stuff when you've hit those first two, when you've taken care of your own heart, being a man who pursues the Lord, and you've built a little family of faithfulness, then you qualify for the really good stuff. And this is really where I want our ambitions to aim. So I want you to be making a decision. I'm speaking to my dude here, 21-year-old. I want you to be making decisions right now at age 21 that get you where I'm about to describe by age 55 or 60, okay? So, so number one, your fruitful household should produce fruitful households. There's, there's not a lot of Bible verses that talk about what the glory of an old person is, but I'll give you one. 
Proverbs 17, 6. Children's children are a crown to the aged, and parents are the pride of their children. The Bible doesn't say that being a senator someday is a crown to the aged. It doesn't say that a second home in Boca Raton or being on the board of four charities or playing the great golf courses of the world is a crown for the aged. It says children's children are a crown for the aged. Third John 4 says, I have, this is a really challenging verse. You might have heard this verse before. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. No greater joy. There's no greater joy. This is, the, this is John who walked with Jesus and wrote some of your Bible. I have no greater joy than hearing that my children are walking in the truth. I knew of another pastor, I'll throw this, another horrible story out, who he was, his daughter was wayward in her college years, and I mean wayward, and he was asked about it, and his response was, you know, she's a smart girl, she'll be all right, and went on to his ministry interests. That, that was the response. No greater joy than your children are walking in the truth. That would mean that, let's go back a step. Building a family that knows the Lord is preeminent in those middle years of your life so that at the end of your life, your children are producing children and you get to grandfather this larger group of people. Your five capitals have grown over the course of your life. If you're new to the podcast, we, we say that life could be uh, evaluated spiritually. That's one of your capitals, your spiritual capital relationally, physically, intellectually, and financially. So you'll be growing those five arenas in your life. And by the time you are grandparent age, you will be brimming with wisdom and interpersonal skills and knowledge and experience and money that's just waiting to be deployed for the sake of others. That whole thing is something called eldering. That's what I'm, I'm turning that into a verb. It's eldering. So, okay, Mark, this is where you, this is where you throw your verse in and blow our minds. It is a trustworthy statement. If any man aspires to the office of overseer, that word is elder, it is a yeah. fine work he desires to do. An overseer then must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? And not a new convert, so that he will not become conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. And he must have a good reputation with those outside the church so that he will not fall into the reproach and the snare of the devil. Man, you talked about selfish ambition and conceit being the gateway into every evil thing. And this yes. passage, he reiterates that. It's like, if, he, if, he, if we put the wrong person in this role, he's going to get hooked by one of these traps that the devil has set, which is basically conceit uh, and he'll start thinking highly of himself and he'll get 
ripped out of the out of the fold uh, by the enemy. So I, I think that's something I had never really thought about. I always thought about this as well. It's kind of your tick list for uh, what does a mature man look like? But yes, that first verse you read said, "Anyone who has the ambition of being this elder person." Desire is a good thing. So it says anyone. That means anyone is eligible. Anyone is eligible as an 18-year-old. Now, it's going to take a lot of prep and faithfulness over the years to get there, but anybody's eligible. It also affirms ambition, doesn't it? This is a good thing to want. It's a good thing to set as your ambition. You just need to steer your ambition in the right direction. So man, I wish that I could jump through this microphone and this camera and grab you by the lapels, give you a kiss on the cheek and say, set your GPS coordinates to get here. Do whatever you got to do to put tools and relationships and knowledge and experience in place to get here where you have lived a life of faithfulness that when you're 60, there are 25-year-olds coming to you saying, how did you do it? What would you do in my position? I've been offered this great job that's going to kill my family. What should I do? Et cetera, et cetera. So this taking on of responsibility in addition to the family that you already lead for the strategic leadership and fathering of other families is championed by God. And I just want to underline, if it's not totally clear, this is not less responsibility, wasting your days away with a metal detector on the beach or a stack of Zane Grey novels in your comfortable nook with a, with a blanket over your lap. This is more responsibility as you think of citywide issues about God's kingdom, helping people posture themselves towards God, family by family, or even regionally. I was sitting down with a young man just yesterday, went to coffee with a dude, and he's really having to take some responsibility. He's a young man, young family, but he's having to take some responsibility in another family because of crisis that's happening there. And I just told him, just put my arm around him and told him God is preparing him for something. And this burden is part of the training and it's hard work. It is a burden. People have problems. And to involve yourself into their lives is costly, but it's a great reward in the kingdom. You actually are more like God when you care for more people. How many people and problems does God care for on a daily basis? And to involve yourself with them is costly, but whoever wants to be great is going to have to be the servant of everybody. So if you're 30 listening to this, you got a young family, you're thinking, that sounds fine as a 60-year-old, I'd I, I like to do that. Well, I would just encourage you that there, there might be, in the coming months, come into your monitor some situations where you go, this might be God setting me up to take a rep in this arena. And I have to actually give some oversight, some counsel, some friendship to a family in need, to a younger guy who's coming to me with problems. And uh, don't injure your family over it, but maybe prayerfully wade in there and say, Lord, I want to be considered for eldering someday. And if this is part of your training program, I'm all in. Because whoever yeah. desires, has the ambition of being an elder, desires a good and noble thing. Yeah. I, I, you know, 
it's interesting because I'm I have two meetings on the calendar in the, in the coming not not long period with pastors in my city who are not people I would call my pastors. They're just they they are professional ministry talkers um, <laughs> yeah. in our city at prom in kind of prominent positions that um, I've got some difficult questions for. And I kind of, you and I even talked about that. Hey, am I, they, I, they don't owe, owe me an explanation for some things that they're saying or doing. Um, and yet it's on my heart that there's some, some tragic, uh, <laughs> malfeasance happening in our city under these guys's watch mm. um what what do i do with that and we kind of talked through that and i think it's important to kind of without kicking the door down i mean you know my personality was first to be like let's light it on fire and go like tell the world uh but to to actually practice humility and boldness at the same yeah. time and be willing to kind of in love um, have those conversations. I think that that's exactly what you're talking about is, you know, opportunities to start to have reps in this type of work. I, I love how this one kind of passage on, on what it means to be an elder really does cover all five of the capitals. Um, yeah. And if you want a deep dive, we did in 2022, we did a series on what is eldership. I would mm. recommend it. Uh, I, if you asked me what's my favorite episodes from 2022, it would be those. Um, but you know, it it talks about okay, I have to be the husband of one wife. Well, that has obvious implications when you hit a rough patch in your marriage. If this is like you said, the GPS coordinates of my life, well, there's no options to just go. I guess my marriage isn't going to be a great one it's gonna exactly we're right gonna, we're just gonna stall out here but i can keep going forward in other areas like exactly I can still right. be a good dad uh, you know not addicted to wine okay well that's something that maybe maybe i let that creep in and i think that's a catch-all for kind of any sort of addiction or pressure release valve that i have uh, decided is socially acceptable so i'm just gonna allow it to stay in my life um free from the love of money i mean (laughs) a lot of people think they're free from the love of money because they don't have any and uh (laughs) i would say you have no idea if you're free from the love of money until you've been able to handle it well Mm. um it's one of the things that you and I caught more flack on YouTube last week from the Dave Ramsey lovers because we talked about Dave Ramsey maybe not getting it right here. Um, But we think that you have to grow up in your ability to steward wealth if you want to be a trustworthy person. It does not mean you need to be rich to be an elder. It means you need to have had experience in handling financial capital. Um, so That's really great. all five capitals, spiritual, relational, physical, um, financial, and intellectual are all mentioned in this passage. And I think it's a, you know, we can talk about like, do you want to be, you know, have hands laid on you and named as an elder inside of a local congregation? I think that's probably a, a good ambition for a lot of people. Yeah. However, uh, setting a course heading towards 
this first Timothy three description is not limited to people who are someday going to be installed as elders in a local right church. On. It is, it is a description of what a mature son of God looks like when he's developed and kind of ready to, to speak and act on the father's behalf. Um, now I'm getting into a, one of the other teachings we've done about, about the weos son. But yes. um, I think, that's that's the ambition that, that's what you're going for and you can reverse engineer your way all the way down to age 15 yes if you're if you're pointing at this and as fathers i think we we do that for sons and daughters when they're under our care in our households and then we continue to, to do it for ourselves all the way up until we <laughs> are dead that's right Well, I'm going to finish today with one little warning, and then I'm going to give you a slap on the butt and send you out of the huddle and onto the floor for the big game. Uh, So the one warning is out of Proverbs 13.4. I hope you feel a little bit charged up uh, to go like, man, I'm going to be faithful today because I want this ambition that the Lord wants for me. And I'll just encourage you with this. This is my warning. Proverbs 13, 4 says, The appetite of the lazy person craves and gets nothing because, as the uh, Amplified Version says, because lethargy overcomes ambition. But the soul and appetite of the diligent who works willingly is rich and abundantly supplied. Isn't that a great proverb? The soul of the lazy person craves and gets nothing because lethargy overcomes ambition. But the appetite of the diligent who works willingly is rich and abundantly supplied. So, you know, uh, I don't know if you're the casting out demons sort, but why don't we cast out the demon of laziness and lethargy and go, the things that God wants in my life, they're going to require all of my energy and all of my intentionality, and I want to set my life on this course. So what must I do today that will help send me one step further down this road that ends up in the kind of eldering, maturity, grandfathering leadership that God wants for me? Just a little word of warning. So, and my closing words are, did you want to say something about that? Nope. Okay. My closing words are, as I slap you on the rear and say, get in there, Foster. Go get them, fellas. I want you ambitious. I want you to grow your strength and experience. I know that a big, strong dog is going to knock over a lamp every once in a while. I've had friends with humongous dogs. Their their tails are like whips and knock over everything. That's okay. Lamps can be replaced, but I want men who have this ambition in them. They, they want to pursue a life in God with every fiber of their being, as if, to borrow a phrase from an author that I really like, as if they were men seeking a prize, who buffet their bodies and their minds so that they can receive a reward and live out the good king's ambitions for them. Go get them. You're here. Hey, if you liked this content, Be sure to like it and subscribe and share it with somebody. And remember, no matter how you're doing and leading your family, God's love for you is huge and His grace is... Brandon! Brandon! Brandon!